Welcome everyone to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Pastor. Hi, Chase. How are you? Good. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We are on the Shepherd Talk podcast talking in a Christmas series, just trying to prepare our hearts, but also our listeners' hearts for this season and keeping at the forefront of our minds the birth of our Savior. And uh, as we do that today, though, Pastor, got a question for you. Favorite Christmas carol? Oh, wow. Um, I like um, Do You Hear What I Hear. That's probably my favorite. Uh, Do You Hear What I Hear. I like a holy night. It's just that's yeah. just such a classic. But my favorite is "Do You Hear What I Hear?" And actually, uh, I like a lot of different uh, groups that sing it and individuals that sing it. But my favorite version was done by the group Truth. Okay. A bunch of bunch of years ago, and I can't find it by them. Really? And, oh yeah, but that was my absolutely fa- uh, favorite, and still is my favorite song. My, how about yours? What's yours? I'm a Silent Night person. Silent Night. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I Pretty just good. like the the consistency of Silent Night. You can always know what you're gonna get, but yeah. some people do it better than others. But I'm into. I've been listening to some pentatonic stuff recently, though. Um, Their versions are are, those guys. They they really struggle, don't they? (laughs) It makes you like people shouldn't be able to be that talented sometimes. They're incredible. I mean, it's unreal what they do, and our kids. You forget that they don't have instruments, right? I mean, when you listen to them, there's a there's a neighborhood in town. Westbrook over behind yeah. Target. Have you ever been over there and seen the Christmas lights? Uh, it's just down the street from our yeah, subdivision. You We're need not to, far from you need to, If Bodie comes into town, yeah. or if he does, you need to take him over there. It's by far our favorite stop. I don't know who lives huh. there. don't know where it is, but it's in Just that, one house, you there's mean? Two, actually, two? there's three houses. Two right okay. across the street from each other, uh-huh. and they have, you tune your radio to 98.1, oh, yeah. and the lights like well, go with, and they play some pentatonics, different things on the radio, and their lights, the lights are, are synchronized are, are to flicking, that. and then you go to the back of the neighborhood there's another one but our kids just stand there in awe we try we we open the sunroof and let them stick their heads out and they think it's the best thing ever so to our producer broxton broxton uh you have a favorite christmas carol or song mary did you know oh that's a good one it has to be the pentatonics version oh really yeah Yeah. Uh, michael card is the first person i not michael card michael english i think was the guy who first did that and Man, that's a great one too. Uh, maybe that's my favorite. I, I don't know. That's a that, that that's a great. Now I've got a question for both of you guys. All right, before you start questioning me. All right, we're ready. Since it is my podcast, it is your podcast. Okay, you have uh, all control any day, however you want to run this. Yeah, yeah. This thing would really be in trouble if that happened. But um, okay, one at a time. Chase, do you guys how extensively do you decorate for Christmas? All right, so. We like the simple feel. So, I mean, obviously, we have two trees in our house. Um, That's we, not exactly simple. Well, let me let me let me keep going. Simple in the fact of like we're just simple decorations, white lights, nothing flashy, oh, okay. nothing crazy. We have a lot of the kids' ornaments on the tree, that kind of thing. That or that was the way. Well, now that was the way Lee and I like to do it. Now the kids have come along, Pastor. I don't feel as simple anymore. Mm. And so 
they like colored lights. So there is one tree that has a little color um, to it now, and it's real flashy and it's fun, and that's their tree. And then Lee has her kitchen tree that's the one that she gets to mm. kind of do the way she wants to do. So we're, we're like that. We've got stockings, obviously, in there. They match in the decor for the rest of the house, however that goes. Yeah, that would be a Lee thing. Exactly. Lee thing. got to pick that. And yeah. we have some garland inside. Now, outside is a, is a really big deal now because for the beginning, for again, just Lee and I, simple. It was like maybe garland around the door, some, a wreath right. on the windows, all that kind of stuff. Well, now we look like, you know, well, I don't know if I need to say this, but Anyways, we have blow-ups now. <laughs> ah, inflatables. Inflatables. So the kids love the inflatables. Like, what do you have, like Santa Claus that inflates? Well, I, we have four inflatables in our front yard, which is a pretty big deal because our front yard's not very big. So we have four inflatables. There is a Frosty the Snowman that inflates up to um, – he's about eight feet tall probably. So he's a pretty significant oh, snowman. okay. Then we have Mickey Mouse with a gift that he's holding. He's about four foot tall, okay. perfect size for a lot of Kate to give a hug to. And then we have a four foot tall polar bear and a about six foot tall reindeer. These are our blow ups on our front yard. And are they lit up? Yeah, lit up, yeah. and they come, You know, they have lights inside of them, and they move. And and now we have. We also added every year. We add something else because you go to Lowe's or Home Depot right after Christmas, and you get something, something for half yeah. off. And I think recently we added one of those things that puts the little dot lights on your house and you press yeah, the button yeah. and they like spin yeah. and go all over the place. So we've added that. So the kids have brought decorating for Christmas out of the simple world that we used to be to um, a lot of different things that happen. The things we do for our kids, you know, <laughs> or grandkids. Every, every day, Lala Kate, when she wakes up at 630, because that's her routine, 630 for the most of the part. First thing she wants to go do is blow up the blow-ups. Blow up my blow-ups, Daddy. Blow up my blow-ups, Daddy. She wants to see them. Yeah. <laughs> so at 6.30, we blow them up, and when she goes back in, I go back out there and turn them off so they're not on all day. All day, yeah. All right, Broxton, how about you and Kayla? What do y'all? Uh, we are pretty simple. Um, I think we're getting into it a little more this year. Not really. Uh, I mean, obviously, we have a tree. I'm trying to remember what we did last year because last year was our first married Christmas. And so well, – We've got a different tree this year than we did last year. We've got a bigger tree this year. Do you have live tree or do you have artificial, artificial tree? Artificial tree. How about you, Chuck? Ours are artificial. Yeah. Okay. But this year we got one of those, uh, I believe they're called flocked trees. Yes, Looks we like, have a flocked you know, tree. Snowy and stuff. Yeah, it gets mess, makes mess all yes. over your um, So anyway, last year pretty much all we had was just the tree. But like this year um, we added some more lights like around the TV um, and – table decorations and all that kind of stuff. And we talked about doing some yard decorations, but we haven't yet. And at this point, I don't know if we will. Um, so, I mean, I'd say we're, we're pretty simple, but we might. But every here, here's what guys I predict will happen. Of course, uh, you know, with kids, it, they, kids change everything the way you decorate because you're decorating for them. Right. Really. Cause they, right. they get so excited about it. Right. Um, but here's what will happen uh, over the years. You will keep adding stuff. And you will be amazed in 10 years how much Christmas st decoration stuff you have. We have an attic full of stuff that we will never use again. <laughs> and it's and then family hands stuff down to you that they're not using anymore. And you right, end up with right. their stuff and more stuff and more stuff. And, uh, and, and then you get to, 
to where Alice and I now are, empty nesters and everything. And guess what you start doing? You start backing the process down <laughs> the other way, you know, <laughs> going from where, back to simple. Yeah. Now, now the grandkids will change that when they're going to be here at Christmas. In this case, they are not, but that will change the elaborateness of how much we decorate. We do some outside stuff, some shrub stuff, you know, door stuff, wreaths and, and swags on the windows and that kind of thing. Um, but but I, I can guarantee you as the grandkids get older, we'll, it'll start blossoming out, I, I suspect, more for their sake uh, than anything. So you start out kind of small, kids come along and you start at first they can't comprehend a whole lot of it, but once they start comprehending it changes how you decorate then one day they leave and you start going we don't need all that stuff out do we and do we have to and so you start operating that way and then um then the kids get older i suspect and you start going back the other way start but right but by then you got it all you got it. So. I already feel that way. We're only at seven, five, and two, so we're uh, be interesting to see where we get after that. Yeah, because the blow ups they're they're fun. They like them, but it, it just kind of makes your yard look a little funny sometimes with a bunch of blow ups. Well, but everybody knows when people see blow ups, they know by and large that's a that that house has kids. Right. Right. You know. So, well, it, let's move forward and uh, pastor today jump into a kind of conversation about the Christmas story. Um, we see multiple accounts in the New Testament and the prophecies coming from the Old Testament to what we know today as leading to the birth of Christ and and the magnitude of that. So start for just a second and say, if you were going to just read a Christmas story right now out of the scriptures, which one would you pick up and read? I'm going to read out of Luke. It's the most comprehensive. I'm going to read out of Luke. Yeah. Uh, there's no better... If you want the full story, full story, go there. Yeah, exactly. And so speaking of that story and maybe Luke or some of the others, what are some of the key components that comes out of the Christmas story that really takes the Christmas season to the next level for us as followers of Christ? What is it that's so important and powerful about it? Obviously the birth of Jesus, but add some stuff into that. Well, uh, really what we have to be careful is that we don't miss the, the theology of Christmas. Yeah, that's good. Uh, because it's easy during the Christmas season to get caught up in the all the accoutrements and the decorations, which are all fine, the gift giving, all of those things, but miss the theology. And, and uh, I, I'm afraid a lot of Christians miss the theology. So what are the key components? That's what you're saying of the Christmas story. You have to start with a thing called the incarnation. Yeah. The incarnation. And the incarnation is simply this. It is that God, in the form of His Son Jesus, left uh, His right-handed throne in heaven and took on flesh uh, and was born into this world so that He could live among us and then we could understand and grasp the magnitude of some a, a God who makes Himself tangible, yeah. but yet without sin, and then who... Uh, one day uh, dies on the cross as a perfect sacrifice. That all begins with the incarnation. If you do not have the incarnation, Christ taking on human flesh, you don't have a Christmas story. I don't just mean, yeah, of course you don't have a Christmas story because he's not. I mean, you don't have the Christmas story, which is inclusive of two things. The manger, 
the birth right. and the cross, right. the death. The right. Christmas story, and it may sound a bit morbid, but it's just as much about his death as it is his birth because his death and then subsequent resurrection are the events that he was born for. Uh, on our, so you've got to start with the incarnation. That is God taking on flesh. That's chief among them, in my view, when it comes to uh, Christmas theology, that he would step out of heaven. He didn't have to. Paul even writes and says in Philippians, he thought it not robbery you know, to, to condescend, to become one of his creation or like one of his creation. Uh, but he did that for our sake. And so the incarnation is uh, crucial uh, to, uh, to our entire, the gospel story and our theology. And that's really why we celebrate the birth of Christmas. Today, we're living in such a secular culture, they just celebrate Christmas for the sake of Christmas. Right. You know? In fact, they don't realize that uh, many of them that the reason we call it Christmas is because Christmas. Right. And uh, people sometimes say, "Well, we ought to just call it Xmas." Right. You know, they don't realize what they're saying. Do you know where that comes from? Xmas. The Greek. It's the Greek. Right. So uh, X is for Christ. That is the Greek for Christos. Right. And so you're really saying when you do that, <laughs> it is the Greek form of Christmas. Right. Is right. what you're saying. So. Um, but it is all about Christ coming into the world. And um, you can't really have Christmas without Christ. But our world today celebrates just the idea of Christmas, which is a, a sad thing. And here, here is an interesting statement, I think. If, if you were to, if the secularists could remove uh, Christianity and Christ from Christmas, would they continue to celebrate it? And the answer is, yeah. yeah. I, I had an atheist once at time say to me, say, uh, or say to me about Christmas, and he didn't believe in celebrating Christmas and giving all these gifts and all that sort of stuff. I, I, he may have been a cheapskate too, but uh, he said he didn't. I said, well, let me ask you something. Are you going to work the two weeks that your company is closing down? Are you going to keep working since you don't, you don't celebrate Christmas? He said, well, no, I, I'm going to take off. I said, why? When, by taking off, you're recognizing Christmas. And you just said you don't recognize Christmas. So my point is the secular world, uh, if you took Christ out of Christmas, which we often hear in this age, they would still celebrate it. And they would celebrate it in absolute ignorance to the whole reason it even exists. So, but incarnation is key. You know, Pastor, as you think about that, I love that thought of people trying to take Christ out, but then put the X in there and it's still, you get Christmas. And so, um, and that thought of the incarnation. But speak to this as we wrap up this um, portion of this series on Christmas today. And we'll, in our series in the Days Ahead, Episodes Ahead, we'll talk a few more components of the Christmas story but because we live in such a secular world right now that does want to take Christ out of Christmas, doesn't grasp the incarnation. Maybe we have listeners as well that have young kids that during this Christmas season, they're trying to help them understand more about this thought of the theology of it and what incarnation means. Speak to the person 
that is trying to engage their world or engage somebody around them and helping them understand more about the incarnation practically for them in their life? Well, you, you really have to tell the gospel story to do that. You have to say, look, we're sinners. And because we're sinners, there is a, uh, we have to be accountable for our sin. Yeah. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. The Bible says we're all sinners. So you got to start there. Yeah, that's good. Uh, because otherwise, there's no reason for Christ to come into the world. So uh, you start there, and then you point to the fact that if the wages of sin is death, it's like working a job at a certain point in time. You've earned something. Well, by being a sinner, you have earned something. You've earned consequences. Those consequences are the paycheck of sin. Uh, so to speak. So when we recognize that, then we recognize our dilemma. So what can I do? How do I pay the debt? And what man tries to do oftentimes is tries to work off the debt. So I'll do good works. That'll maybe uh, cause God to look at me with favor. The problem is we continue to sin in the midst of that, trying to work it off. And then we start trying to compare ourselves to others and say, well, you know what, in the grand scheme of things, my good outweighed my bad, or I was a lot better than that person that I know, or this family member, or that. So they start, we try, start trying to balance the scales with, I've got more good in me than I have bad in me. And, and so we start looking for a way to resolve this, this consequence that is the result of this nature of mine that just keeps doing the wrong thing. And at some point in time, we, we find that the burden is so great, I just can't, why can't I, why can't I seem to get past this? And that's the point in time where we help people understand you can't. Yeah. You can't do enough good yeah. uh, to appease the consequences of your sin against a holy God. But you don't have to. And that's why Christmas is so important, because God said, I'm going to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Instead of you having to earn my favor because I love you, I'm going to pay the price by sacrificing my son without the shedding of blood. There's no forgiveness of sin, the Bible says. So I'll send him and I'll let him pay the, uh, the price with his blood instead of your blood. And I'll let him become, the theological term is the propitiation for your sin. And then you don't have to pay for it. He has paid for it. All you have to do then is receive him. And what he did is applied to your account. So your bill is due. You receive him. He has paid the bill for you. That's why Paul says, for by grace are you saved through faith that it is not of works. If it were, we could boast and say, hey, I earned my own salvation. So that's a, a long way, but a, by the way, very appropriate way to explain why Christmas is so important, why we can help other people understand why the importance of Jesus Christ being born uh, into this world for us. It is so that he could become that perfect sacrifice so that we didn't have to constantly live our lives trying to earn the favor of God. God, are you pleased? Did I do it? Oh, God, I messed up. Please don't take out your wrath on me. And God now can look at us if we've received Christ and say, I see my son. Yeah. 
And he paid for that which you did. Now, don't do it. Stop doing it. But that sin is paid for, all of that sin. And so Jesus came. That's So to understand the Christmas story, you've got to understand the need that is our lives have as it relates to what uh, the gospel is. Yeah. And as you hear that story and hear that understanding of the incarnation and for pastor, for all of us, um, helping others to hear it as well, um, it's it's the core of why we believe this story is so important. And we want you as our listeners to grasp that. We want you to help your family, help your kids, help those around you to grasp that as well. And uh, we say this often here, but that's the decision to follow Jesus. And if you haven't made that decision, we want to encourage you to do that, to let this Christmas be a different Christmas for you by making that decision and accepting the incarnation of who Jesus is, that gift that God gives so that you can have life and hope in him. And pastor, we can share this, the the text opportunity. If someone has, uh, has made that decision or wants to talk to a pastor about the decision, would you like to share with them? Yeah. Uh, you can text us, uh, text the word pastor P A S T O R uh, to this number, 334-384-8080. Let me say that again for you. Text the word pastor to 334-384-8080. And we'll take it from there. We'll know what that means, that you uh, would like to trust Christ as your Savior. In fact, let me take it a step further and say right now, right where you are, you can receive Christ and then you can still text us at number, and we'd love to pray with you and, and coach you on the next steps that are important to that. But right now, right where you are, you can receive Christ as your Savior. You know, we're going to give a lot of gifts at Christmas. I love that. And, and it is reflective of the great gift of salvation that was given to us in Christ. That's, that's one of the reasons we give gifts. But why don't you give yourself a great gift this year? And that is to trust Christ as your Savior. Right where you are, you can call on him. You can say something like this in your heart to him. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming into this world, to being born uh, to die and die for my sins. I know that I'm a sinner. I, I know I've messed up and I know I can't seem to fix myself. But you died for all of my sin and I want you to be my savior. I invite you to come into my life. By faith, I receive you. And so come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and my Master and my Savior. Now listen, if you'll call on Him, He'll hear that. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. What a remarkable Christmas gift to give yourself. It's not being selfish. It's being sane. It's being smart. And I want to urge you to do that in this uh, uh, Christmas season if you've never uh, trusted uh, Christ. And then to reinforce, um, as you give your gifts this year, why not share, it? particularly if you're in a family setting, as God gave gifts to me, I now have the joy of giving a gift to you. It is a gift of love. It's given without any expectation. It is just a way of saying, I love you and I care about you. Just like God said he loved me and cared about me when he sent his own son, Jesus, into this world. Now, I want to tell you something. That'll help revolutionize Christmas for you, for your family, for your friends. It may stun some of them. And it may cause them to want to know, what, what did you mean by that? Maybe a perfect opportunity for you to say, well, um, you know what? It's about letting Christ become your Savior. So it may even give you an opportunity to lead a family member, a friend, or work colleague, uh, 
uh, into a relationship with Christ. The incarnation is where the Christmas story begins, and we encourage you this Christmas to make sure you focus upon those great truths, and in the days ahead, we'll continue to have a conversation about the theology of Christmas, and we appreciate each and every one of you, and thank you for listening, and want to say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Shepherd Talk podcast. We hope God will continue to use you to reach the lost, build up other believers, and connect your life to the mission and purpose God has for you. We look forward to more talks in the days ahead with Pastor Ray.